Welcome to True Health Live. We explore and acknowledge basic truths in public health. If you're a student or a public health professional or just plain curious about public health in general, then this is the place for you. Join us. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you are in the world, wherever you're watching this right now. Yeah, it is Deidre, and I am here with uh, my co-host, Anushka and Precious, and we're really going to talk about policing and public health, um, you know, and we'll, we'll, there'll also be other opportunities to talk about it, you know, especially in my, like, spinoff um, information with Deidre, so we'll have some of that and maybe some opportunities for people to dial in. It depends on, you know, kind of when we put this out um, or... You know, well, um, if you have heard already the information with Deidre, um, you'll have heard some of the other commentary from just, you know, regular folk dialing in and like giving their opinion. So what I wanted to talk about today, um, and I think maybe people can hear my lisp <laughs> because the retainer, but the doctor said I should wear it 24-7, so you just gonna have to get used to it. That's okay. <laughs> um, so, policing and public health. Um, why is it a public health issue? So, I think um, there are numerous reasons. And the one that really stands out to me the most is stress, right? Um, because stress is the underlying factor for a lot of different diseases that are present in underserved communities. And when you have this... Um, this this thing, I don't know what to call it, when you have this um, this space that constantly creates or, or continues to to create or magnify or um, you know continue stress levels um, amongst a group of people that you know already have a contentious relationship due to you know historical factors and the things that um, melanated people, specifically black people, um, in this country have had to deal with for centuries, and I said it, yes, it is centuries at this point, um, you create this, you know, ongoing cycle of stress that just never goes away. And so those things help to contribute to, um, and again, not alone, like, but it, when it comes to things like, you know, um, that, that exacerbate uh, hypertension, heart disease, um, even diabetes, because what happens, like, you know, diabetes has to do with, you know, blood sugar. And that really happens a lot of the times, um, if it, especially with type two, which when I'm, when I'm talking about diabetes in the black community, I'm specifically talking about type two. Um, yes, there's type one, but type two is the kind that you develop as an adult. Um, and that really comes a lot from eating habits, but how much of our habits are derived from stress. So that's why I pull on, you know, um, and I'm not the only one as stress as, um, um, an underlying factor or the reason, or maybe I should say the reason why um, policing is a public health issue, because it definitely contributes to stress specifically for melanin-rich communities. So, you know, that may not be the case um, because policing is something that happens all over. You know, police are policy agents. They're supposed to uphold policy, although there's questions about how much they even know or understand the policy. They create their own internal codes 
to enforce policies that a lot of times they don't even understand. But that's that's another story. Maybe we'll get to that later. Um, but, you know, other communities do not experience the same type of uh, policing or stress from policing as uh, communities of color, specifically melanin rich or specifically black American. So that's what we're going to kind of, you know, have a chat about today. So, um, yeah, so I just wanted to make sure that that clarity was there, you know, for the beginning. So, yeah, like, Aniska, like, what do you have to share on that point? I, what don't I have to share? <laughs> Let it out. It's more like it. Um, it's so crazy. It's so ironic because when we're young, when, when I was younger and coming up, right, my community was is predominantly people of color. Um, and like even as a young girl, like we're all we were taught like police equals good, right? They're here to serve and protect. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what we're like as children, that's what we grew up thinking because that's what we are taught. And then, you know, depending on our experiences and our family's experiences, those who, you know, we share day to day life with, um, that narrative can kind of change. And so for me, like my parents hadn't had bad altercations with um, police or even any kind of interaction with them anyhow. Um, but then as I started, like I got older, I started started to witness things and I'm like, wait a minute <laughs> you know the police are supposed to be good they're supposed to be here to help us um and i'm realizing that there's so many un so much unfairness and so much unjust within so who do you call when you were taught to call them but now in real life as you're living in and growing mm -hmm. it's like if i call them I i'll actually put myself in harm's way Right. You know, just because I am a person of color, but just because I'm black. And it's like, what do you do now, right? When the good guys become the bad guys. And and not saying all, you know, they're all bad and that's not true. I have friends that are that are cops and they're great cops. Um, and they do good and they wanna do good and they wanna change that narrative. But how do we how do we distinguish who's good and who's bad, right? The same way they can't tell from us as the public, like right. Um, that stress piece, it, it's it's terrible because as a parent, it's a stressor when you hear the word, when you hear police, when you hear anything along those lines, when it has to do with law enforcement. Uh, as a parent of, you know, a, a black woman of color, my mm -hmm. child is a black <laughs> young girl, um, my nieces and my nephews, um, my partner, and it's just like that that amount of stress can take such a toll. And I am a stress eater, so it is not good on any level. Um, it's re it's ridiculous to live in fear in that way, right? Yeah. It's fear and, and stress, like they go hand in hand, mm -hmm. right? Um, and how how do we talk to our kids? How do how as a community do we address these um, issues and really sit down together and figure out ways like what can we do um, to educate them uh, and for them to also understand where we're coming from? So it, it has to be education on both ends. Like we need to know what what 
what what what is the process that you go through that you're trained on um what's missing there and for them it's like they need to be they need to understand like why we feel the way we feel if we are hesitant to um you know to 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 them what what caused that and some of them know like you know right at this point in time like you you see it and you know and and some of them are just um turning a blind eye and acting as mm -hmm. don't exist when they do and it's very it's clear as day but um that's the stress of just knowing the what what could happen if you are a person of color specifically a black person um yeah. if you have young young sons that are in the streets mm -hmm. just walking yeah. even in the streets but like walking home from school walking home from the from the store whatever the case may be um it's just like you, you you're like you're on eggshells on a day-to-day -day basis because you're constantly worried like is my loved one coming home is my son gonna make it home is my husband gonna make it home if i get pulled over am i going to make it home you know um it is just like a whirlwind of thoughts that go through your head on a daily basis um not knowing if you're safe or not safe if you just step foot out of your door and even now with all the things happening Sometimes we're in our the comforts of our own home and it's yeah. still unsafe, yeah. right? It doesn't, it doesn't it's so out of the home. It's from the moment you wake up and you don't even have to be awake. You can be asleep in your own home, as right? we have, you know, um, in in most recent history, you you can be asleep in your own home. Exactly, and and that, that is some scary stuff. Mm -hmm. Just to know that I am like you, you think of home, you think of safe. This is my sanctuary. This is home. Um, just just the thought of someone like bombarding my door and while I'm sleeping or while my kid is sleeping, my family and just start mm -hmm. letting off like in the, a bullet. And, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's mind boggling. It just yeah. makes you take a step back. And, and I, like I think very often, like who's who made these rules up? Who gave yeah. this type of authority? Where did this all start? because the injustices didn't just start happening it's just more and more amplified now right, right. but where did it come it from it. these are these are not this is not a proliferation in incidents the the proliferation is its visibility right mm -hmm. so and and because these things started happening i was meaning the visibility of it like the high rate of invisibility not invisibility the high rate of visibility really started happening with the advent and like the growth of social media because now we all have access everybody <laughs> pick up their device which is a, a recorder you know before camera equipment is big heavy stuff right now we have things that fit in the palm of our hand is right. light you know not light as a feather but you know light enough to just hold it with one hand and film you mm -hmm. know so you know these are so now people can't get away with you know oh well i filed a report and this is what it said even though they are getting away mm -hmm. with it you know, but what happens is, you know, the court of public opinion says otherwise, because now it's like, we can see you. It, it reminds me of like, a few things I'm going to go back to like, you know, childhood cartoons. It's like a five will go, an American tale, five will goes west, where I don't know if you remember, like um, the, the rats, they were actually, these were cats and they were pretending to be rats and mice so they could corral all the mice and eat them. And at the end of the film, like the head, like, and the, and the whole personification, because, you know, it's like the, what do they call it, anthropomorphic, I always have trouble with that word, mm -hmm. um, characters, you know, so they're animals, like animated animal mm -hmm. characters, but they have human characteristics. So the cat, his disguise, 
his mouse disguise or rat disguise pops off and they see, oh my God, he's a cat. And he's like, who are you going to believe? Me or your own eyes? That's where we are right now. It's like, who are you going to, like, you're basically telling me that my eyes are lying, you mm. know? So that's what we're, that's the pill that everyone is expected to swallow. And then a lot of times it doesn't work out that way um, where, you know, um, some of these police officers and I, yeah, these, these, these people who wear uniforms, um, mm-hmm. they, they do get in trouble, but a lot of the times, like, you know, it really is for political reasons. Like they're not really being punished because they did something wrong. They're being punished because the next politician wants to secure their place, you know, for something, or it's because like, you know, well, we don't want another riot to pop off if this doesn't go well, you know? So it, it really is the decisions behind that. I, I really honestly think are financial and not really based on justice. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my own, you know, opinion. So, you know, it, it is. It's definitely a valid, uh, um, opinion. Um, cause it, being, uh, you know, being us, being people of color, um, j- you just think about it. Like, like, you have you you get stopped, like I personally get stopped in my tracks and I'm like what the heck is going on like when is enough going to be enough when do you when can we be, feel safe in our own homes in our you know where we where we've grown up where we are raising our children where our families are being raised and, and so forth um mm-hmm. where do we what do we do what like it's really at because we we know change has to come from the policy right policies um and the higher ups and so forth but when the higher ups don't even get it and when we don't see representation in our higher ups like how do we expect change like locally right how can we expect like the police to 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 change their ways if we're not even being represented and our concerns aren't being represented in spaces um that will drive that change you know um and also just again back to the education and not only educating but making sure like the t- the, the police force comprehends and uh, and comprehends what you're teaching them not only like phys- on the physical level but the emotional IQ um mm-hmm. learning about the communities they serve who lives here wh- what's mm-hmm. the culture here you know just don't place people in areas that they're unfamiliar with um and that they don't have an understanding to because then that that in itself i feel is a conflict right yeah and disrespectful to the community it's like because it just perpetuates, it's not just physical violence, but it's psychological because mm-hmm. you may not, you know, maybe I don't have an encounter with the police, but it doesn't mean that now um, I behave or move different than I would. And of course I'm moving and behaving different because it's about survival, preservation mm-hmm. of my life. Right. Um, but then how are those movements affecting my health? How are they creating stress for me? You know, it's like you said, you know, um, you know, all of us have, and we know that Black men um, really are victims of this way more than women, but in a lot of cases, we're seeing the women are catching up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, you know, some years ago thinking, um, like, some, like, so my father, he was walking down the street, and my father um, has, um, he was ill at the time, like, he has cancer, and had and so I think he was like either on his way to an appointment or from. So he was walking near the hospital and, and um, he had a cane at this point. Like he no longer like, you know, uses that now, but he had a cane based on like kind of, you know, his progression with what was happening. And um, 
a police car rolled up on him and like kind of basically arrested him. Like, no, there weren't handcuffs, but I'm saying arrested because you stopped. Arrest means to stop. It's to, you know, mm-hmm. to, to cause somebody to see. So they kind of held him up where he was and made up to some story about some man. Um, oh, he fit the description of a man who mugged or robbed a woman. And then they had the woman, I don't know if it was in that car or in the next car, um, to come up to identify him. I'm sorry. Like, I, is this what we're doing now? And this was years ago. So, like, and this is just something that I know about. And um, and she said no. But what if she said yes? Because, right. you know, there, there's that group of people that think that all melanated people look alike. So right. what would have happened had she said yes? Mind you, he is walking up the street with a cane. Mm-hmm. a cane and a jacket there's no 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 paraphernalia on him and he's an older gentleman so what, what really really you think this man walking up the street with a cane mugged this old lady and I don't know I think he said she was like an elderly woman or you know whatever like mm-hmm. then there have been two old people with brittle bones fighting on the street give me a break right give me a break and it's like the police couldn't even use their common sense to say okay that that can't be it you know so what do you think he's doing, like hiding in a disguise? I'm not saying that some people may not be criminals, may not be creative to do that. You know, I watch enough movies to see like how people can be. But like, come on, come on. And I always think, and that's what my, my father said to me. He was like, what if she had said yes? And I'm like, that's so true. And so on the strength of her word, and we see what happens when we, you know, just believe people on the strength of their word, a lot of a lot of um, innocent people are in jail or people have died just mm-hmm. because you believe some random woman, you know? Right. So like that to me, so I'm always very um, cautious of those type of situations. Like, oh, so and such and such happened to me. I'm sorry, you you, you know? Cause if she said yes, I, I don't even know, like what, what would that have done, you right. know, to like to my relationship, like you would have disrupted someone's relationship with their family you know Mm -hmm. like you know what if then you're taking him to jail then he again he's on medication and we know they don't like to like pay attention to when somebody says i can't breathe or i need medication you know uh, clearly we're strong enough to take things you know Mm -hmm. so those get ignored and go out the window so it's so i cringe when i think about like what if she said yes because you had enough gall to just be like well she said somebody mugged her so we think it might be you no Take her down to the police station and have her look at things like anybody else. You don't just stop random people on the street and say, oh, it might have been you. Exactly. What kind of. Right. What, what, what protocol is that? <laughs> right. Hey. I feel you on that. I just that kind of fear after after knowing something like that happened. It's just like, oh, my God, the, 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 even though it didn't happen, the what if is still terrifying. Because we know what um, right. We know what comes with that. Um, I feel the same way. Like when my when my partner goes out when he's like, you know, if he, he if he's just running to like Rite Aid, I'm like, and it's a specific time. He, it actually doesn't even matter, but I get even more stressed if it's you know dark outside. If it's after when the sun goes down, I'm just like, oh my god, I'm coming with you. And he's like, so don't have to come, just relax. I'm just running to Rite Aid type of thing. But you just never know. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just so terrifying. It has gotten to a point where the stress has been so much that like and this is in a personal I'm sharing a personal piece of me right now. Like 
I even had, we've had a conversation where it was like, do we want to, you know, have another baby, like have a child right now, and especially, and I'm afraid I'm like, I can't imagine having a son, mm-hmm. right, in these times, having, bringing another life into this world during this time, especially a son, because mm-hmm. I would be stressed out every single day just for his safety, because I know I can't, I can't, I can protect him but so much. You know what I mean? So it's it's to a point where where it's gotten so bad that the stress level had makes you really think twice about even reproducing. Mm-hmm. Like, I really want to bring another yeah. human life. The life. My child will be a black child, mm-hmm. a black son or a black daughter. And think about the implications of that. So it goes way so that 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 stress that it creates. You see how it's telling you is how you're now sitting in a space where you're thinking, do I want to reproduce? So then the deeper implications are that it's not just like, oh, we're going to use the physical violence actually puts a stop to melanated families or black families. But the the psychological trauma also Mm -hmm. stop because it's like when maybe I won't have children. So then that's less brown people, less black people, less melanin rich people, you know, in in, a, in communities and spaces. And so it's like, you know, you have to think like, is this by design? And I personally think, yes, it's not just the physical violence that, you know, kind of literally picks off the black families. Mm-hmm. It's that psychological trauma as well, right, because right. it makes question and second guess whether you should reproduce or not. And I am of the, the school of thought. My culture dictates that family is the utmost you know, is the highest, that man, woman, child, like that's exactly mm-hmm. what we should be modeling to be. And we're in this space where um, you mentioned something before about, um, you know, commu- like, uh, you know, being connected with the communities. The truth is, it's like these, the policies, right, and the systems were not created with us in mind. They were created mm-hmm. for a different group of people. So now we're at this point where, um, you know, these these laws weren't created for us and so when you know so now they're here and that's like the foundation of how the system moves and the people that just um rotate through these systems just continue to uphold what is there um you know they may create like and actually no laws have been created to change this let's just be honest with what that (laughs) is no laws have been created to change this. And um, any things that have been introduced, they're literally just sitting collecting dust because nobody wants to vote on them. But yet they'll vote on other things um, to protect uh, groups of people. But nothing has ever been done to protect, um, you know, uh, groups of Black people from like specifically like this um, police violence. So it's like the system is not created for us. So the system is not there for us. So then it really becomes this thing where um, you're fighting from behind enemy lines. Like, that's the truth of it. And, you know, it's harder to come out from behind enemy lines. Like, I'm, I'm not a soldier, never, wa- never was um, in that way. So it's like, but I would imagine, I would love to um, hear, like, you know, if anyone makes a comment, like a soldier, like what that is like coming from, you know, behind enemy lines. Like, you know, because you don't want to be... Um, well, actually, like, you know, it's, it's kind of like being prisoners of war, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Where Where's the way out? Where are we, where, how do we get out, you know? So. That's how I feel. That That's really, like, it's like you take a deep breath and you're like, oh, my God. If this, can the stress level even get higher? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, 
what do, what do we do now? How, how, like, where do we turn? And not to say I'm like feeling defeated, but it's just like mind boggling, right? Um, like what can be done? How do we pivot? How do we, how do we take our power back? Right. Um, and even like these laws and then policies weren't made for us and didn't include our voices, but at some point it's in terms of taking our power back um, and, and coming together in unification as a community, what can we do to create our own, like our, our own policies and you know, at the local level and how can how can we thrive? How can we make the change? And it's and, and I'm kind of conflicted in this too, because I, I don't I feel like us on the local level doing the work. We can we can come together. We can do all of these things, um, and we can make it work for our particular community. But how how do we sustain it, and how do we grow that, and how do we get the bigger folks to 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 see what we're trying to do? So it's not just a, a it's not just for this particular community, but all communities yeah. who are underserved. You know, um, because the big guys, the quote unquote big guys have to work with the little guys, right? Um, because if the, the the bigger picture is to push the main policies forward so it can trickle down and serve all of us, not just um, us doing the work here and it doesn't get spread, um, you know, because it's, it's my community here, it's your community over there in Jersey. It's, you know, it's all over the place. We are people that are living it, all over the world. And right now in our nation, we need to we need to take control. We need we need to get our power back. We need to get our voices heard um, and have these changes because. Like you said, it's, it's not only physical, but it's psychological. Right. And, the, and that thought of mine, I know I'm not the only one thinking that way, however, and I and I battle all the time. It's like, no, I'm not going to allow that them to like get into my head in that way. But it's also as a mother, those instincts of saying like, I have one child already that I worry about. She's 16 and it's like, she's at that point where she wants to get her permit, get on the road and all that stuff. But it's like, wait a minute, I want her to be independent. And she very much is like, is independent and doing these things on her own. But then it's that stress of getting that phone call, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and fear of like, oh my God, what if she just like, you know, what if they just see her and she she's in a neighborhood that they haven't seen children of color in and then pull her over like all like like you i'm a big movie watcher too <laughs> and so you know we see these things but those movies reflect our reality right and so it's it, it it's it's crazy it is so crazy and and this talk can go in so many different ways and it touches on so many things because it's not just policing it's all kinds of like it's policy it's yes policing it taps into our mental well-being um our health, obviously our health, because the stressors like disease comes from stress. And so if if I am a stress eater and I eat all the wrong things when I am stressed out as an adult and I'm taking in all these things that are bad for me and then I end up with diabetes, it's just like, and especially diabetes runs in my family too on both sides, heart disease, all of that. Um, and so it's like you have all these different aspects and all these different elements. Um, and it's like a lose-lose <laughs> in some ways, yeah. right? Yeah. And and there, I want to like also like be clear that you know it's not a one 
it's not a one-sided thing, right? Because I, I'm also an advocate for or a supporter of being acknowledging the truisms, right, in a mm-hmm. given situation. And part of the truisms is also personal responsibility, mm-hmm. right? Um, at the same time, it does not take away the fact that there is a problem with policing and how it affects the public health of given or specific communities, you know? So I just want to, like, you know, say that, like, I think, like, as a public health person, a public health professional, it would be unfair to acknowledge both sides, right? Because there has to be uh, an exception of account. There has to be accepting responsibility or accountability Mm -hmm. for certain activities or things that that people do, you know, or that, um, you know, that are done in a community. Like, you know, the stress it does contribute to, you know, different things, how you eat and et cetera, et cetera. At the same time, then there has to be, okay, well, a conscious um, decision of choice. Okay, am I going to eat this? Because there's also like, what is the education of how you um, feed or nourish your body? And that's just the example with food. Right, right. The other examples is you are like, you know, how, okay, this is what's happening. I know how this happens in my community with this group of people, these blue people, you know, whatever. Um, I know how this happens. Okay, so how do I modify behavior so that I can make sure that I survive? And again, and then maybe that's really difficult because sometimes you're getting into like, you know, should, um, I don't know, like you're you're being an adult and a, a free thinking individual, should that be challenged? Like, you know, that can be very upsetting to a person. I have no clue what it is like to be for a man, like what your masculinity being challenged, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so some of that comes into it. Um, at the same time, it's like, you know, that's where we have to find that balance. I think at some point we were talking on another another um, episode, we were talking about, you know, that balance. So there is a balance that does need to be had between those who are supposed to be policy agents and and how um and also the reaction right that um is happening on the other side mm-hmm. so i just wanted to you know add that like you know that's not lost on me um at the same time it doesn't make the policing uh mm-hmm. how it's done any less upsetting so i right. wanted to be clear about that no and absolutely and it, a lot and of people late those things or they just like oh they want to take one thing and dismiss the other no there's truisms in all of it no, I definitely agree. Um, and as you were saying that too, and I and I'm thinking like, just thinking about the like where I grew up, and it's hard for folks to to think in that way. Like, yes, you, of course, I totally agree with the accountability. But if 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 people are coming against like policing in this in a such a horrible way and traumatic way, mm-hmm. honestly speaking, as like just as an individual. I'm not thinking about, I, honestly, I'm not thinking about health. I'm thinking about coping, right? It, it's our natural right. to cope. And mm-hmm. so it's like, what's going to help me get over this? Like, how do I, how do I cope with all of this that's mm-hmm. going on and try to feel better? Because that's what people do. Like, if you're feeling sad and you're feeling bad, whatever the case, or mad, you, you don't want to continue to feel that way, right? You're going to try things yeah. to make you feel better. Yeah. And so in that balance that, w- that we say, you and I may be able to think that way, but not all of us are going to think that right. way. And even to me, at times, I don't always think no. with public, you know what I mean? Depending on my stress level, <laughs> I'm just like, listen, this is too much. I, you know, I, I, I need, I need to figure out a way to like really relieve 
all of this stress right now, right? And so whatever that may look like, rather ice cream, whatever, you know? Yeah, um, not different. It could be right. marijuana, it could be tobacco, it could be food, you know? Right, um, right. It's so much harder for folks who don't have outlets and have these other things that, you know, to can help bring balance in the mind, especially when their stress levels are on a thousand on a daily basis, yeah. right? Because they're, they don't have like, so they, it's foods insecurities for one, it's, you know, shelter, it's, you know, things happening in their personal lives or in their families or financial, it's all of these things on top of the policing, right? So it's like one stress from the next. It's all, it's like a buildup and, and to, to, Yes, we hold ourselves accountable, but realistically speaking, it's it's hard to say, you know, I gotta find balance in this. It, it takes mm-hmm. time and it takes work. Um, yeah. and, and it's not just from self, but it's from everything external. that mm-hmm. it, right? Internal and external. <laughs> internal and external, like battle and bring it from, you know, what they say, you gotta, um, it's some, it, it has to be rough before it gets to the good sometimes. And, and I think like sometimes it, it, it and it's it's like that, but it's it's very disheartening that this kind of, it has to be this type of rough. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah, I agree. It's the truisms, right? These mm-hmm. things exist, you know. And so it's like this is why, like you know, more and more it's interesting. Like as I've um, matured and evolved in my career, I'm like community health has to be where it is because these large systems, that's where people get lost. You know, that's where we, these systematic policies, this is why we're in this issue in the first place. So right. things to happen at the community and local level in order for people to thrive. You know, it's kind of like, you know, not to take us too off topic, like, you know, we recently heard that the uh, Biden administration and the FDA are now going to work on banning menthol, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, what happens is what we don't want to happen is that municipalities like, oh, the federal, the feds are going to take care of it so we can take a break. No, you have to continue doing things at the local level because how long is mm-hmm. that? Happen? Like the reality of that is that could take up to two to five years for anything to happen. And that's without loss from, you know, big tobacco mm-hmm. and minions. So mm-hmm. you have to, you can't just wait on, you know, the big policy because big policies take time. And mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people don't realize. So, you know, as the, you know, the policy person, it takes time. So you have to do things at the local level where they can get done a little bit quicker and faster so that you can see some sort of movement, you know? Right. So I think, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to like, want us to like go over today, like how those stress levels like move into other areas of our life and affect our overall health. Um, you know, like, and, and I thought this was really timely because it's like, um, in the last two weeks, how many people, was it five to six people that we know of mm-hmm. that have had these insane encounters with the, um, with the police? And the truth is the ones that recently happened where they were, um, murdered, I think one was Dante Rice is the young lady, Micaiah and mm-hmm. several other young people, like just up and down. I think these were all like up and down the East coast. So I could just, I could be wrong, but like, they were like back to back to back. And even before that, the one that was popular, like right before that, was the um, was the um, military man, Officer Navarro, that had that interesting encounter with um, with the police. And that actually happened last year. I think it actually happened like November, December. But we're just now, you know, we were just now hearing about it. Mm-hmm. So this is what I mean. like these things happen. They happen 
every day. It's mm-hmm. just, then it makes you think like, what is, why are the ones that do get put in front of our face get put in front of our face? And even with all of that, how they're being, you know, put in front of our faces, how that also maintains the stress level. I honestly have to take a break from some of them. Like I'll hear about something. I'm like, I don't want to hear it because it's like, it's the same story over and over and over again. And again, yes, there are truisms in like, you know, thinking about context and how everything went down, like what happened from your, from the perspective of an officer and like determining friend and foe, what happened from the perspective of the victim. And some of it, we won't know because we weren't even there. Like, Mm -hmm. and yes, we have the videos. And so some of it is like, well, this is plain as day, but then you, then it goes back into the stress level, like, well, nothing's going to happen to them. Like, you know, so, you know, it's like so much to have to process and deal with on a day to day basis. And it's like, I want to say like, imagine, having to deal with that for centuries. I don't know if any other group in this country understands that for centuries. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with um, with you. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot when you sit down and you really, really think about how this has been going on for all this time, mm-hmm. right? We never thought that we would live in a time like this. I know I didn't. I didn't. I, I remember learning about things in school, doing my own, you know, independent like, learning. Look at what happened. Like everything's so much better now. And like you, I was always taught police officers are your friend. Da 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 da. And as you, as I got older, I'm like, I don't think that was true. Right. Like, right. Like uh, you were misinformed, mom. Right. <laughs> but no, I do like. Like you said, it's so much happening on a day to day basis because I too have to disengage um and i'm a i'm an empath like i feel for other people and i feel and and i'm like that because of my own my own experiences right um and to a point where my family like my my daughter knows my guy knows certain things you cannot show me and it it and especially before bedtime like don't show me anything because it will stay with me and it will i will not sleep i will it will stress me out because you know why that could be me, that could be him, that could be her, that could be my people, right? My family, my friends, you know, my colleagues. Like, so it's like, no, because the only people that I see as the victims are Black people, are people of color. And it can be any one of my loved ones. Mm-hmm. So, and excuse me, because this just, it's a lot. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I have to disconnect because it's just like, you, you, you think to yourself like, okay, now it's going to happen because we witnessed this, right? Mm-hmm. So who's going to be held accountable? Yeah. What's going to change? What's the narrative going to be now? Because we know social media or just media in general kind of switches things up. Um, and titles are changing, headlines are, you know, yeah. That, that is not truthful. It's not even reality. Um, and it's been in a particular way to portray something mm-hmm. negatively on the, the people who are affected. And so it's like, yeah, I need to disconnect because I, I can't keep feeding this to myself, especially yes. when I'm feeling it for others. Yes. Um, I am aware, you know, I'm aware and I stay abreast because it, it can it, it affects us all, but I don't allow it to take over my psyche or me emotionally, you know, yeah. on a day-to-day basis. And and honestly, it pisses me off sometimes because yeah. I, I hate to see the injustices. And I'm like looking at people in positions in offices that aren't doing anything. And it's like, how can you not? How and can you not? 
it'll make you walk around angry. Like if you don't cry, you know, which is also like a release, um, you it'll just make you angry. I remember another story that happened. Um, you know, we work in, in um with youth in my profession, like my uh, my job. I um work with youth. Um, and um. My staff members, they have like, you know, their different groups of youth that they work with. And sometimes they they used to, this is pre-COVID, they would come to the main office because, you know, New York school systems are different. Like, you know, if you go to a specialty school, you could live in Brooklyn, but maybe go to school in Manhattan. Or maybe you got accepted to like Bronx Science High and you have to trek from Brooklyn all the way to the Bronx. And, you know, you understand how that works. Right, right. Um, and for some, for those of our listeners who are from the New York area, you understand the New York City area. You understand right. how it goes. So sometimes, um, my um, some team members would just have their kids meet them in the office because if, you know if they have kids that are coming from different schools, we have to figure out a time and a location where all of you coming from these different directions can get there on time. So this particular this particular staff member had some of his kids meet him. Um, at the main office, which is in Tribeca. And so we know the makeup of Tribeca. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are, our office is actually not far. Um, the office of the organization is actually not far from, I think it's the first precinct, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it's not the first, it's a precinct. We're not far from the precinct that literally sits there at the top of Tribeca. Because Tribeca stands for Triangle Below Canal Street. So that um, police precinct that's right there on Canal, actually sitting in that kind of triangle space, like right before the park, mm-hmm. that's the closest precinct. So one of our students, our students, um, um, depending on the borough, um, but for the most part, our students are all students of color. And um, this particular young man was melanin rich. He was a black young man. And um, they're kids. Kids don't always walk around with ID. And, you know, sometimes kids, they look older than they are, but sometimes they look like kids. And this this young man looked like a kid. In his face, he's had a baby face. You can't mistake him for being some grown-up, you know? And I believe he was um, 16, 17. I don't think he was 18. Mm -hmm. And he came to the building, and with our building, you need ID, right, to get in. And um, he... Uh, my staff member hadn't arrived yet. I don't remember if he was early or he was just trying to come up and I was there. And and I don't think he had like my number to be like, you know, can you call so-and-so to come, mm-hmm. to come down. But um, he was making the phone call. Actually, no, he was there. We were all there. And so he, he was having trouble with service in the lobby. So he walked outside to get service and he was walking up to the street, up the corner to say, I'm downstairs. Can you come get me? you know, so I can go past the turnstile. And as he was on the phone, um, two officers, and this is where I'm going to tie it back to what happened to um, that uh, army, um, the military person, Navarro, because when you listen to the last name of the officer that was like the main antagonist, he was also a person of color, you know, maybe not physically, um, you know, sometimes, you know, but his name was Gutierrez. So Mm -hmm. you were also a person of color. So these two officers were also melanated. And instead of, you know, finding out why he was there, they're addressing him as if he's a common criminal. And why? It is Tribeca. So, you know, what are you doing? Are you 
are you doing your job or are you just upholding because you want to make sure that you're protecting the, the non-melanated people, you know, for mm-hmm. optics. They started to treat this young man like a criminal, you know, and this is, you know, and we didn't know this until after this happened because this happened on a Friday. And thank goodness that, they, you know, they called his mother. So he didn't spend any time in jail, but they did handcuff him. That is traumatic. He's a child. Wow. They handcuffed him and took him to jail because he did not have ID. And I understand having ID, but he's a child. Not all of these youth have IDs. Mm-hmm. It was so upsetting. Understood, like I cried so bad because I also felt responsible. It was disgusting, disgusting. And I'm like, so now, and his mother was like, I don't want him working with y'all, you know, your program anymore. Cause it, it, she felt, and I understand she, and I don't even have children, but I understand her decision completely. Mm-hmm. My baby is at risk because you're located here and, and, and you couldn't even protect him. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what do you do? And the officers who did it look like us. And that, and that's what. That ter- was the painful part. Yeah. Like how, like what? <laughs> like you that that in itself, that bring that brings so much more. It, it, it's like we know that those are our white counterparts, how they feel and how they treat us. But when our own do it as well, it's like a whole different type of knife going through. Yeah, you. that hurts. So that- it's. It's like you're just taking it and, and twisting it. Right. And so and and just to think about that young man at such a young age and, and just understanding that the trauma that caused and what that might have did and the shift it did to him internally mm-hmm. you know, could lead to other things. Because yeah. if he had a good perspective on pol- police, like the law force in itself, if he was like what if he's one of those kids that you know I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that you now just cause a doubt in his head that he cannot trust you. Right. Even being a cop of color. It's like, no, it doesn't matter. It's it's none of them are good. You know, he's his mind is now tainted. You know, he's traumatized. His his perspective is tainted now. Um, and he has to carry that. Right. Mm-hmm. He's not doing anything. He's going to his program, his mm-hmm. school program. After- this program he was going to the building he just didn't have service and trying to get service to get one of the um staff to come down to get him and this is what he encounters like and and what and what were the repercussions of of for those cops like uh, all you all you could say was oh well he didn't have an id he's 16 years old he's 17 years old most of them don't this and you know what's crazy this is because back before it i always had like a little id for my daughter for a safety id um now more than ever every single time she do where's your id where's your id your school mm-hmm. ID. Right. every time school ids but they're they're kids they don't they don't, you know. They don't. They don't think about it, right? She doesn't too. There's times that we went outside. Um, I had. We went to the store. We had to get something, but in order to get into the building, I needed an ID. But because she's a minor, I'm like, she's my daughter. I have no. We need her ID too. But just because the 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 climate we are in for the past few years, I always remind her your ID. Your and her friends, her male friends. Where's your ID? Do not leave your house without an ID. I do that to my partner. I'm, where's your wallet? I have. It, a little note by the door, <laughs> like a checklist, because mm-hmm. you just, 
these are these minor things. Minor things that others will not think about. But we have to because they're major mm -hmm. to us. Because if we walk out the house, or if our men walk out the house and our sons walk out the house, whatever male figures are in in our family, they walk out the house and they don't have that and they encounter a police, it's a problem. And it could be a life or death type of problem. Right. 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 Something so simple. Simple. Right. Um, it's not like, oh my God. My, my my partner called me a few weeks ago and he's he has me on speaker and everything. He's like, I just got pulled over. My heart, Deidre, was like, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. I'm like, my face, I feel the heat in my air. Like I'm red because I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. And I'm like, I'm praying as he's talking to me, right? And I'm like, stay calm. I told him where everything was because I know in that moment he may have forget. He was like, no, I was like, leave it on the seat. Whatever he says and he asks, just repeat what you're doing so he knows, you know? And that, that was so crazy. That was scary. My stress level went skyrocket. And I'm praying to God because I'm like, oh, my God, please let this go well. Let them, if they got to give him a ticket, let them give him a ticket and leave him alone, you know? Mm -hmm. um, That's the most you can do is just pray for the ticket. Right, right. Now it's like we're praying for a ticket. <laughs> um, because it's, it's and then you know what triggers goes on on top of that stress how do i tell his mother like you god forbid something happened like i think about it's like all these things go through your head but imagine if that was a 70 year old like imagine if that was just a kid if he just got his permit or something or like newly licensed um yeah. driver um it's all these things that go through your head. So even like the simplest things of IDs, rather be a school ID or a state ID, if you don't have it and you are a child of color, specifically a black child or a black person, your life is like on the line because they can handcuff you and take you to jail or they can just, something can escalate into another yeah. thing over an ID. Yeah, and I think something did escalate, like, you know, cause he's a kid, so he's gonna be indignant, you know, because he already knows the issue between police and him being a young black man. So, mm -hmm. you know, emotions and the things flare up so I'm not going to even deny that that some of that was probably there but he did say I'm I'm supposed to go here I'm trying to call them because I don't have my ID but there was you know in my mind if it ended up in him being arrested and they're like oh you don't have ID that means you didn't listen to him mm -hmm. because what how much and I think they were walking they weren't even in a car they were like beat cops so how much would it have taken to go a couple of feet to the yes. doorway and just confirm that mm -hmm. he's where he was supposed to be. Exactly. Exactly. And how that's much, another thing. How much time out of your life would that have taken? And why not take the initiative to do that? If you see this young person, right? And and that could have been easily their son or their nephew. Mm -hmm. Like people don't understand. Like this could have been you too, especially you being a black cop. Then um, you came from a black woman. I'm sure you have black family. Right. You know, like, where does that where does that connection come to your head? Like, this is someone's son. Someone's son. You know, this is someone's nephew, whatever the case may be. And just as easily as you're pulling, you know, you're, you're harassing him or you're, you're whatever you want to categorize it as. It's the same way another cop could do to yours. And that cop may not be black. He might be a white cop and he may be way more trigger happy. Oh, there's a cop. And he right, <laughs> might be trigger happy. Right. And so sometimes and I'll be honest, I sit and I'm like, you know what? karma we may not always be there to to witness the karma that another person you know gets but i was like the universe is energy is always moving you know mm -hmm. thought is universal so these things what goes around comes around i truly i truly know that i'm not even gonna say believe it because mm -hmm. their belief relieves room for doubt i know that 
what goes around comes around. So every time, and every time that that memory pops across, because it was, oh, it was, it was so upsetting. The anger, like the anger. I was just like, because you feel responsible for these mm-hmm. young people. I don't have as much contact with them as my staff, you know, the, the mm-hmm. youth man that, that are on my staff work for them. But when I do, you know, like we've gone on trips with these kids, like mm-hmm. we've taken them out of state. And, and then you feel like, uh, what do they call a school mom? Right. <laughs> like, hey, oh, school family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're out of state. I can't lose anybody's baby. They can't break no arms, you know? You know, you're just right. like, all right, these are all my kids right now, <laughs> you know? So I can't even imagine, like, if, if it was my child. Like, if I feel like this and they're not my children, what does it feel like, you know, for a parent? You know, mm-hmm. stress levels, again, not just for the adults, but for the young people, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of that, this is, you know, just just a simple reasoning why policing, you know, affects public health and why it is a public health issue. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not for other people where the police look like you, but definitely for melanin rich people. Mm-hmm. It is a issue. And for like, you know, programs, I think. I, what I would have done after that incident was to go down to the police station and introduce myself as the director of this program. These are my staff. And if you see a kid that is lost who happens to be a black child and they say that their after school program is up the block, would you mind walking them to the building? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to deflect the, 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 the tension and whatnot and to address it so they know that you know what happened and took place. Mm-hmm. And now you're going there and you're not being rowdy or anything like that, but you're le- you're introducing yourself and you're letting them know. And you also are, uh, you work with the children, with the school system, system, and that includes DOE, right? So we're all public servants. No, we don't. We oh, you don't. Okay. Well, either way, you're a, you're a public, you're giving back either way. But, you know, yeah. just to introduce yourself to let them know, like, this program is housed right here. Our main office is here. So if you see a child and they happen to not have ID, but they say that they're here, please, you know, feel free to walk them to the building, you know, or just. I should have done that because it was like, but it was like, okay, well, because at the time, um, you know, the director talked about this and he, he was even, I wasn't the director this time, but we had this whole long conversation about it. And we were like, nope, we have to write this letter. We have to put it on letterhead because I the mom was asking for and so we were like we got right to it wrote it everything and I think he submitted it to the mom like you know like letters of support again he he didn't spend a night in jail but the fact that that happened was in a trial Mm -hmm. you know and um we I I think it, it was escalated to to the top and most movements that we were able to get was like the letter you know that's it and now, but now that you're talking, like, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's like, maybe we should have just walked down there and been like, listen, this cannot happen. This is Again. insane. We're a program that is a staple in this community, in the city. Mm-hmm. We know X, Y, Z. We do a work with this person, this person, this person. Right. This is un- you exactly. know, but, you know, you try to follow the, the system, right? You know, you stay I- within the system. But, yeah, like, you, it's just like you have to take the control. You can't, like, wait for someone to say, okay, you can do this. You right, know? right. Because then you'll be sitting there waiting all the, all along, all day, all day, every all day. day. And especially if you're, and even if, and you don't have to be management, you know, you don't have to be, because a lot of times we do certain, the work I find like we, we do at times, I, even our leadership may not re- be a representation of us or who we serve. 
And sometimes mm -hmm. you need to take that initiative um, to do that because you're protecting those you serve. And if we can't, if we're, we can, we'll have no one to serve if they're not there, right? So it's yeah. like, it's our duty, it's our responsibility to, to go the extra mile. Um, and I'm not, and, and I'm saying like, you know, if in a situation like this, yeah, I would have gotten the letter. I would have written the letter too, did everything that you did. But on top of that, I would have went and introduced myself and t tell them and speak to whoever was like the head there and let make them well-informed and say, and I'm sure they have weekly meetings. Please let your staff know about this program and where we're housed and yada, yada, yada. Um, because then it's no excuse. <laughs> like, you know, like what now? Like we, we took the initiative. This incident, this incident shouldn't have happened, but it did. And now it, th these are the steps we're taking. How are you going to work with us to ensure that it does not happen again to one of our kids? Mm -hmm. You know. And after that, like we we because we had to like you know save money, so we actually started having things at the office. Like mm -hmm. you know, I think like you know we would have the the summits. And so mm -hmm. on a Saturday, you would see all these kids coming from all over the city coming into this office building mm -hmm. and for these events or whatever and so thankfully nothing happened um after that that was like literally the only the only thing that ever happened um you know with the kids like when they were coming to engage with something that we were putting out but you know once is enough you know right once, once is too much anyway kind of, it once is too much and it really kind of shifted how it was like okay i want to make sure that because they're coming in droves and that's what people notice and 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 it's just like yeah like you know yeah it was it was just insane but yeah you're right maybe we should have just like let's let's go down to the police station but then it sets in like well well you're a representative of this organization so you know you have to be careful but it's like nah like you know we should have like just gone down but it's like okay but what we'll do is what we what we can do and it's like let's write this let's talk to the mom you know and i guess like she she I'm, I'm guessing because I didn't speak to her. Like, I think my director at the time did. Um, you know, there was a, or, no, he didn't even get a chance because she she spoke to the staff member that was um, running it. And he was just like, she's just really upset. And of course, she ain't going to talk to all these people. Right. You know, respect like her space because she, as far as she's concerned, everybody's at fault, you know? So it's like, let's do what we at least can to show that we're supportive and that we agree. Like, that should have never ever ever happened and again like and then it was just like we felt like responsible because coming to do something with us so um and i didn't i don't know that our uh less melanated counterparts have these same experiences so i, I doubt it i you ever watch red table talk not really <laughs> I a very interesting one i i i i i come across it from time to time and i forget the woman's name she's a comedian and an actor she's a white woman and she was on it a recent one i don't know if it was recent but i just came across it like the other day and she did like a documentary about um you know the injustices against black people in america and she Kelsey. Kelsey. yeah 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 that but she but she said exactly what you said like um she didn't experience like policing and things like that. And when she did have an encounter with the police, she was boisterous. She was yeah. like, because to her, the police was just the police. Like they were safe. She could say, you're a civil servant. You are here to serve me. And that should be the reality for all of us. You mm -hmm. are a civil servant. You serve me. I pay you. My time right. you. That's exactly. And that's not your, your gun and badge was supplied by me. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what she said. That was her attitude. She was like, you know, I used to say my dad would this and that. She was like, and my dad was whatever. Um, she was like, I don't know what he was going to do, but I, that's how I carried myself because she knew she had like she was like I had white privilege, but that that was it. It was the white privilege because I never had an encounter where I would fear for my life from with the police. So I thought she made some valid points about and and like called things out, right? And it was a good discussion. And I think I was like, oh, I, I want to. I'm interested in seeing that documentary and how she even owns, you know, her privilege and 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 looking at the differences. And she brought her one of her um her former boyfriends on who was African-American and, and she, they had a whole discussion and, and, you know, I was like, wow, okay. Well, I didn't see the whole thing. I saw like these clips, but I, I was like, you know what? I want to see what, what she says and what her documentary says too. Cause the, the conversation between Jada and her mom and her was, was good. It was good from what I saw, but um yeah, to, to your point, like those who are less melanated really can't relate to certain things. Right. Actually, a lot of our experiences they cannot relate to. Um, and the stress, when tying it back to the stress levels, right? Um, it's like, I feel like it's it's like zero to none. When you, when you talk about this and when you think about it and you see the realities of it in comparison to, to you know, from a black person's perspective to a white person's perspe- uh, perspective um, and the, just like the, the, the day-to-days and what would happen. And if we did a documentary I mean, we don't need to because we already know what it is. We see it every day. But if you were to do a documentary and, you know, you know how they do them, they send the kids like people are like have the cameras in the streets of New York City and they're doing them and they're taping them. If you did that and you had a black person and a white person and uh, encountering a cop, what what would that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a lot of moving pieces. It's a lot of things that play into this. And policing is just like. Just, just to listen to the word or hear law, like the term law enforcement, law enforcement, it's like for us, for 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 black and brown people, for people of color, it just like kind of you stop, you stop in your tracks in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're like, wait a minute, you want to be sure you hear what's happening, that you know what's happening, because you need to know what moves to make, like how how do you maneuver through the the situation or whatever the case might be, um, just because you know the outcomes are going to be so different for you than than others yeah and i've heard like you know there are different videos that people have put out about like how you um handle you know dealing with dealing with them it's and and there's certain language Mm -hmm. that use that will make them kind of back off because you know i know like mine would be like you're being recorded and like you know i pulled myself over because i'm scared and you have a gun and like you have to speak like that you know, in, in situations like that. But, yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to, like, really, like, go over the stress, you know, combo. So, you know, let's hear, like, what, what Precious has to say and, you know, and we'll, you know, put it all together and, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be a two-parter. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, no. Thank you for joining us here at True Health Live. Remember to like, save, share, and subscribe. Leave a comment and send an email if there's a topic if you want to discuss. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at True Health Live. You can also listen on DeidreSully.com. If there's a topic you'd like to discuss or hear, you can send an email to TrueHealthLive at gmail.com. See you next time.